the harbinger shirt what yeah i want the harbinger shirt that one i'm pretty happy with actually it looks really cool i went and ripped it out and i was like "Ooh, it looks like an eye actually i think chat wants to know about any dark overlord hoodies is that gonna be a thing um i didn't highlight that comment to show on screen for a reason <laughs> ninja masks need a model runway what's going on in chat Thanks, homies. Yeah, a lot of great God, ideas dude. come from the community, I'm going to have to say. The tales of the Pathfinders would be remembered for ages to come. It took the most dedicated and stalwart of champions to rise to the challenges presented in the exploration of Vera. They were the leaders who paved this new path and framework of understanding for the Cinderborn. Yet only a select few could become the spearhead of this great initiative that truly was now a family. Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Simorg. I'm joined today by, guess who? Our returning Pathfinder, the Ashen Herald, Daedalus. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Oh, welcome everyone in chat. Pathfinders, are we ready for this one? Episode 189, friends. We are closing in. But before we dig into this podcast, got to give a shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com, the community curated website and YouTube channel for all things Ashes of Creation. Also a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week. Friends, we've got a packed show. It's a two-man show, but it's a packed show nonetheless. And Daedalus can attest to this as he's looking at the show notes because I decided to add a whole lot of stuff and things today. But... Friends, if you want to show us some love, you can go over to the pin post over at Ashes Pathfinder on Twitter. Look for us there. And at the pin post at the top, you will see all the podcast places, including one specifically called the iTunes. You can go over there to that link. Go on through. Leave us a five-star review. It'd be greatly appreciated. If you do, we will read your comment for us live here on the show we will also play any voicemails that are delivered to the automaton hard at work for us you can call in to 1-539-664-6801 and well we will definitely play that here on the show as long as it's appropriate right so what else what else do we got we got a lot actually are you all ready for this Okay, let's, uh, in no particular order here, why don't we talk about um, the fact that we are growing on YouTube exponentially. In fact, look at that. We are at 4,500 followers on YouTube, friends. Shout out to every single one of you. In the last 28 days, we've grown 119 new followers over there. So appreciate it. Seriously, it means a lot. We, today, 
are actually continuing along with our Ashes Alpha 1 playthrough, which is over there. You can catch it about every other day. Um, along with that, you will see game guides every Friday right now. Shout out to my editor, Alfina, who's been working hard with me to get every page that we can on the HQ curated with the video to help deliver for all learning styles, right? We like to keep it simple, straightforward, deliver the easiest to digest information so you understand all the ashes of creation stuff and things. And we are getting as many of those videos done as we can. We're sort of backlogged, but... Once we get those done, the real fun and videos for Ashes HQ begin. So we're doing one a week. We're rotating an Ashes talk in there, which we have an Ashes talk coming up this week. But the last uh, game guide, if you did not see it, is over the naval system. Yes, we talked about the naval system a bit. So if you want to do us a solid, help us grow, go over there, give it a like. Leave a comment. Tell us what it is you're looking forward to in the naval system, what you're you're expecting, what you're hoping for, all the stuff and things, any critiques or criticisms, keep them constructive, right? But as always, remember, if you're commenting on anything on the HQ, there's a chance that we will actually go and pull a comment and talk about it here and around our community-curated parts of the discussion. We have one today from Vel Miss Warden, actually, that we're going to be talking about. And we got a new feature that I'm now integrating into the podcast to where I can actually, let's just grab this one, for example, where I can actually go and showcase interesting comments or questions in chat. So at myself, if you got a thought about what we're talking about, and if you do, and I'm like, that's actually good. Then what I'll do is I'll go and I'll throw it up on the screen right there. That way it can be seen by those individuals that are over on the HQ who aren't here for the Twitch live streams. Now, if you're a listener, we love you, but I'm afraid that the visuals don't translate into audio. It's the problem with the senses. I know maybe in the world of Vera, we can we can remedy that issue. But there you go. And Magisto, much love to you, homie, because that was very wholesome. Do appreciate that. Okay. With that being said, friends, we are growing Knights of the Phoenix. It is the spearhead, a word you're going to hear. In fact, today, the name of the show is the spearhead. Interestingly enough, the newest cosmetics for Ashes of Creation are called Tip of the Spear. That's the news post for it. So perfect, perfect way to say Knights of the Phoenix. We are recruiting for Ashes of Creation, but more specifically, first and foremost, for our community. It's the spearhead of this greater community. We got some new members in recently. I think Giga is actually the newest one. We had our we had a guild chat yesterday. It was wholesome as hell. Much love to KOTP. You all rock. And that was freaking fun as hell. I loved it. Felt good. Hearts. Shout out to Arthas for being the scribe that gathered our, our notes for our discussion. Um, but if you're interested in a pretty fantastic community, at least I believe so, then we are recruiting, right? So we'll talk more about KOTP later because it's relevant to talking about part of our discussions. Some things that are on the agenda, friends. Let me let me think here. Hmm. Let me think. Community nights. We got one coming up. Actually, again, this coming Friday, we're going to be doing City of Heroes, Rebirth. It's free to play. Welcoming everybody. Come join KOTP and the rest of this community here. The Ashes fam. Okay, I think I got all that stuff ahead of time there. The animated animated emotes are fixed in chat. So if you're a tier one subscriber here on Twitch, use them as much as you like, friends. 
Um, badges are also updated all the way up to 10 years. So giving you the flair you deserve for all of your long-term devotion and support of the channel. Much love to you all, friends. I appreciate you. Okay. Let's catch up with the cast a little bit. Daedalus, now that I've been rambling for a whole hot, probably almost five to ten, why don't you why don't you go in and let's catch up, man? How the hell you been doing since last time, homie? Anything new been, in the world of day day? Uh, been, been doing pretty good. I really enjoyed the chat with uh, everyone last night for the KOPT guild meeting. Great to like learn about everyone's gaming history. Um, I I got something brewing here mm -hmm. for a next article, so I should have that out at the end of this month. Um, you know, it took me a little bit to get it going, but it's it's finally there and just uh polishing it a bit before it goes up on the HQ. Uh outside of that, just been kind of doing my thing, you know, just uh same old, same old around here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, we've been did a did, had a really good week had a sponsored stream this week um got a little addicted to the game i hate it when that happens like it's a good thing but it's not what i really plan to happen oh i should probably say since it's been hard at work for y'all um some ashes pathfinder shirts are going to be coming out this week i did some work in photoshop earlier spent a whole two daggum hours doing that and making sure that all of the commands show all of the ashes hq pages we now have five new pages over at ashes hq if you haven't checked it out you can go check it out it's literally mariner classes and the essence have been updated we're starting to add the lore pages um we also recently did the mentorship enchanting treasure hunting and fishing so they're all up there they're in their place yes hoodies we're gonna i got some i got a really cool one everything you see visually here in the background of our scene at air like elements of that you will see on the variety of shirts stay the course ashes pathfinders you're going to see all that going out and then we're going to have custom i'm aiming for monthly artwork shirts related to the pathfinders in some way shape or form that'll be rolling out so if you feel like rocking you know repping as a pathfinder it'll be there right i know i'm certainly i mean primarily i want one that's not just the the tag word here i want i want i want the the harbinger shirt what yeah, I want the Harbinger shirt. That one I'm pretty happy with, actually. It looks really cool. I went and ripped it out, and I was like, ooh, it looks like an eye, actually. I think chat wants to know about any Dark Overlord hoodies. Is that going to be a thing? Um, I didn't highlight that comment to show on screen for a reason. <laughs> Ninja masks. Need a model runway. What's going on in chat? Thanks, homies. Yeah, here, a lot of great God, ideas dude. come from the community. I'm gonna have to I'm say, telling you. and I'm gonna be linking it for you. It's not on my old Teespring. I'm gonna. It's gonna be on Fourth Wall. I will be linking it this week. You will have it soon. The items aren't up. I want the items up before I like share the new link. But it'll be it'll be this week, probably at least by the LFM show. Maybe even by Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest. I'm I'm aiming to have them done by Tuesday, Wednesday at the absolute latest. I've already got the the arts done. I just got to literally go on there and launch the shirts and relink things because we're going to be using fourth wall. I think they just got a better variety of the like material is better. I like the variety of material. I'm using a thin one right now. I tested it out myself, bought a few samples. I was like, I got to make sure that these feel good. The Phoenix is already up there. I think you already snatched out yeah one. that one's tight that yeah. is totally like number one on my next yeah. purchase there <laughs> and i like the variety of sizes they have too it seems like there's more sizes mm. available for the tri blend which i prefer so yeah that's, nice. that's awesome 
Sweet. So they'll be up real soon, friends. No worries. I'll be pinging y'all on Discord, so make sure notifications are on. Probably be in, uh, I don't know where, but it'll be in Discord there, right? So, friends, it's been a hell of a week. I put in some hours this week. Um, We had a really great LFM podcast last Thursday. It's a sister show or homie show of this one, if you want. I'm going to tell everybody, we've got some things changing for both shows. We are veering towards 200 episodes on the Ashes Pathfinder podcast, everybody. 200. And we've looked at it. It's probably going to be that first episode in November, I believe, because I got to take off the last, very last week of October. Um, So look alive, man. We got some things changing. We're going to be doing some different segments on this show. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, but I got some questions for you related to this podcast. So it's important that you stay tuned to the end for me to pose those questions so you can give me very valuable feedback about the show because this is a community show. It's about us, right? It's not just about the people on this podcast. It's about all of us here. It's all about you and chat. It's about you in the comments on YouTube. It's the ones that listen, right? You're all Pathfinders. This is for the Pathfinders, man. I want to make 200 special. I don't know how I can do it yet. I'm working on some things and I got some new formats. So stay tuned. But with that being said, right? We are going to be capturing comments, so I'm going to ask you to at me on Twitch if you're like, hey, while we're chatting, you're like, ooh, on this topic, here's an idea, here's a thought, here's a question. Not every question or thought may be highlighted, but if something stands out, I'm going to snag it. I'm going to snag it, and I'm going to throw it up there, and we might chat about it a little bit as well. And um, yeah, so let's talk about this comment, and we're going to do a little bit of Community Corner to start off with here, right? So, I got a comment from Velmus Warden over on YouTube, and this actually piggybacks off our last show. We talked about, like, you know, what what are some ideas that you all as a community have around ways in which, you know, Intrepid could work towards helping to eliminate when this game launches, having a lot of people out there just gank training people, right? And people having issues like moving forward. Again, there's no perfect answer to this. I think in inherently a lot of that organically isn't going to be a problem as a result of, you know, people's own personal agendas. The greater majority, I think, are going to want to progress their character. But here's a thought from Bell. Bell said, to me, there's two ways to do this. First, disable PvP in the four gate zones of influence. Second, put guard towers in all four gate areas with full coverage filled with level 99 archers who all have the range plus 99. Then put level 99 foot soldiers, guards who are immune to all forms of CC in every building, every entrance and every exit in all four gate areas. This way, the new people can at least pick up their entry quests, venture out of town before getting jumped. Then the bounty hunters will camp just outside those four areas while guilds have their recruiters all over offering protection to members, etc., as perks for joining their ranks. And what I love about that's the guild point, because friends, tuck that one away for a little later. But what are your thoughts around that, Daedalus? I think that was a pretty pretty logical, well, well-organized idea, actually. And it sounds like it would work really well. I like it. I actually would go for something and maybe a little more glorious i would love Mm. if like somebody attacks 
like a player in that starting zone, like that's in a, I guess I would consider a sanctuary. I would like a big sandal to come down and crack them on the dome. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but in all seriousness, I think it's important that you do have like that initial sanctuary. Yeah. Um, I love the idea of having this um, there uh, and having like some sort of guards. And, and I do like the idea of having bounty hunters. I think uh, somebody mentioned in chat here, mm-hmm. uh, TL. Yep. You know, you should have bounty hunting being available right at the beginning. Yeah, if like if somebody does get a kill off or two, right, you want them to be able to, you know, reap the you know the risk for what they've done as well. So I, I would I would be supportive of that. I think it's it's good, at least at that entry level, to have a relatively positive experience and and definitely amp it up, right? You know, make sure like there is some sort of communication in the UI or something that says, okay. Over, this is a safe zone, but over time, right, it's going to be more dangerous to go alone out in the out in the world. So I would um, I would be supportive of that kind of step up just to get a broader audience engaged early in the game and getting mm-hmm. them to a point at which they're I don't want to say self-sufficient, but that they're a little less of a target uh, and they have a fighting chance if they choose. Yeah, I think a fighting chance is what's really important. I love I love the 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 chat though about we support this idea of of dropping a sandal down on someone's in-game face. Ooh, this is actually a really good idea coming from Meat Hooks here in chat. And he's actually stating that I'm actually more in favor of the divine protection over the area surrounding the gate. NPCs that powerful in a city like, you know, city guards like in Oblivion, where you're being able to destroy you, where they just wreck you. You know, and there's some other MMORPGs that have it like that, too, to where it's like they could just like they they like one tap you. So it's interesting, though, too, because there's there's also depending on from the perspective of, uh, you know, what's that right there in chat? Oh, Sandals of the Dome confirmed. Sorry, I just see you posting Daedalus. And sometimes I think that it's like some sort of Dark Overlord mischief. That's not even true again. Remember, Um, this isn't even red behind. This is like blue for for bright glowing magical essence such as it is because magic's beautiful and uh yeah okay well i'm gonna leave that there illusion and deceit but what no we can proceed <laughs> yo i wanted to actually hit on this one too now i know arthas had talked about this and so people talk i want to i'm curious what people think here this is going to be it's a bit of a stretch but it's been it's been suspected and you know proposed that perhaps we saw a teaser for what we might be able to see soon. Now I'm going to run this idea by you. If you're following Ash as a creation on Twitter, which I encourage you all to do if you've got one, you could follow along to pretty regular outlines from the developers right they post they do a lot of really great community engagement they do it on the forums as well and discord i i think they really just champion it all in all places um and i'll agree i'll I'll, I'll not agree but admit that i don't really engage a a ton with the discord um but i do kind of keep an eye on the forums and the twitter and things like that and this was a pretty fun one right here so they posted something and i'm going to share this visibly on stream right now okay and it was just a little quick video clip here we go what would you do was what they posed 
And they gave us a couple options. Do you gank or leave the person alone if you see them out there chopping away at wood, right? Focusing on, I mean, what an interesting discussion considering what we've been chatting about lately. But, you know, if you see them there, what would you do? Would you, would you gank them or would you, would you leave them be? Now, you know, what do you think that the community posted? What do you think they did? You know how the community is, man. They said if you they said go for it, right? But look at this. What's this? Who's this back here with the bow? Oh, he got sniped. He got sniped by the bow wielder, right? That was a it's really fun they they go and take the time to do this. But here's the speculative piece, everybody. The question is, are they hinting at the ranger? I'm it's not enough evidence for me to go. It's oh, it's definitely we're gonna see the ranger soon. But this does outline at least one fundamental thing we've all wanted to know for a while. When do we see what's gonna happen and what's going on with the daggum bows? At least, right? And there it is, homies wielding a bow. I mean, you know, some people think it's clearly gotta be um, a bow tank, and if you're going like. Who would possibly think that? Well, Ashes of Narrow would think that, actually, as evidenced by that right there. Yeah, that's right. That's Ashes of Narrow for you. Dark Overlord got his due with the what? Arrow to the dome. What? There's no Dark Overlord there. That's uh that's that's some some other that's some vermin. That's some that's a that's a murder bunny. That's what that is. It's a I murder bunny. Some more of a hoodie than ears, but huh? It's just me. What? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that was a one shot, though. So here's the thing. Do you all think that 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 hint is enough for us to 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 think that we're going to get some sort of a of a ranger or a bow update, something related to combat? I'm leaning more towards bow than actually ranger. Um, although it could actually be interesting if we got like another you know, augmented archetype. Cause we got, remember the weapon master before. Yeah, so maybe, we maybe we'll get like a Hawkeye or something, you know, they'll show off some sort of combination. Ranger, Ranger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it would be good to actually see what's going on with the bows. Cause literally it was literally melee heavy and spell checking for the alpha one. Wasn't it? Mm -hmm. So my question is, do you all think it's enough to assume or presuppose potentially theory craft speculate, whatever that we're actually going to see a Ranger or, a bow, or do you think that's just a stretch? They're showing us stuff and things that can't possibly be on the upcoming live stream in any capacity. But mm. evidence, and I'm leaning towards there's going to be something there, and yes. I have a feeling since we didn't really see a lot of magic as part of that ranged combat that it's going to be physical ranged DPS is what they're going to sh showcase. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be a safe bet. I think magic they're going to save for a separate live stream. Uh, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, if, if, if I'm thinking correctly, maybe they might space it out every couple of months. If this is truly going to be a reveal this month, um, right. then yeah, I mean, it was a couple of months since we got the last combat update. So yep be interesting to see if they do something every couple of months i mean there's always like horrendous saying you know maybe they're just showing range weapons after melee last time well 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it would it would make sense that they go and share that specifically. I think I'm with Daedalus. Like, I think every couple months, they're kind of like spacing out the content, aren't they? They're spacing out what they're showcasing. They're bouncing around, hitting different things, which is great. But the, the thing is, is if you were to say this could mean anything, I'd be like, mm, they've been like actually breadcrumbing people. They breadcrumb over the course of the month. And then usually within a month, like a week or two beforehand, usually is when we see it. But they could sprinkle breadcrumbs throughout the month. And then, you know, I mean, the perfect example is we talked about who's the statue, what's the sigil on her head. Well, we did remember we showed it last time and it's like, well, the symbol on her head, it, it, we think it's Lady of the Rose, right? Because of the symbol and it matches like, you know, it's it seems like Bayloon and She's got it on her head. It would make sense for it to be an Ayla queen or ailing queen. So I think it's fair, right? But they they tend to show us things like they did with that and tease something beforehand, right? They've they've been doing it for months now, months and months now, and teasing us, right? I mean, even if you go back to, do you remember they showed off like the wolves or whatever? There was like the that crazy looking wolves, and we were like, what? And then the next live stream, we saw that thing, and I think they might have even been running around on it. Wasn't that the UE five update? I think it was. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. So there it is, right? So to say that it's they're probably not teasing, I would say is I wouldn't agree with that. Now the question is to what degree are they teasing is the real question. So I would love to know your thoughts. I'd love to hear your speculation. So whether you're here on Twitch, I've seen some chat. We've talked about some of that already, you know, post your ideas in our discord channels or over on the comments and uh, ashes HQ over on YouTube. It'd be good to see what y'all think. Um, <laughs> although I got to say, we we're like way overdue for something around the ranger i mean the ranger originally was on alpha zero we played with the ranger then right yep. we haven't even seen anything with bows since apoc just think about that for a minute we have not seen bow combat since ash as a creation apocalypse y'all when was that mm-hmm. three years ago roughly give or take so yeah, we're we're kind of like it's long time coming. Exactly, we're we're overdue. So there's that. I, I think that it holds merit that they're teasing. It's just a question of exactly what. Now, there was an interesting forum post that I wanted to actually pull up. Actually, there were a couple. Um, this was one that I saw from Vulgaris over on uh, the Ashes of Creation forums. Keep in mind, Ashes HQ also has forums. If you'd like to start a conversation there, very good chance if you do. And no matter what it's about, that we will probably highlight it here on the show. So I encourage you to go over there and get the community engaged in, in some of your own like ponderings, if you will. But they said a cash shop item to not... See other players' costumes and cosmetics. They actually want something that will allow them not to see player cosmetics, right? They said, I'm a player that values the aesthetic progression of my character and of those around me. I feel costumes are immersion breaking. And with the vast amount of cosmetics and costumes already in the game, I think it's going to taint the beautiful world being created. Now, there was a few, there's a bit more to that, but I felt like that's the, that's the meat of the of the conversation right there. I don't I don't know about that. 
I don't know about that one. Like it, it's hard for me to think that it's immersion breaking. And here's why the costumes and cosmetics are literally those elements and assets are going to be split up and you're going to see them on characters in the world. There's probably a pretty high chance that people are going to be able to collect and craft gear. That's going to look similar to those cosmetic sets, especially initially that they will probably try to put on in their wardrobe and try to actually create outfits to where they're pretty similar. So to me, I, I don't know about that, man. I just, I, I don't know. I've never actually even seen a, a, a question like that or, or, or a po pondering like that in, in an MMORPG before that was actually the first time I've seen it. Um, although there, there is a chance, right, that when you see, like, large-scale PvP and everything, there's likely going to be some sort of uh, a toggle or whether it's you that can do it for performance or whether it's just the game's going to kind of do that in the middle of, like, heavy uh, PvP conflict. They, they might make it to where, you know, people don't have on super flashy things. That way performance is optimal, but... I don't think it's immersion breaking. That's just my thought. Curious what people think about that. What what are your what are your thoughts about that though? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, there's nothing okay, this this isn't an Eastern MMO where people are running around in bunny outfits. No offense, Faisal. Um, you know, I mean, or like just really like wacky things. Uh, it just it's I've never seen anything from a I would say a costuming perspective that was truly immersion breaking. I think it was unique. Yes, um, but I don't didn't really see anything that just looks so off that it would be off putting or immersion breaking to me. Um, I guess, you know, at the end of the day, um, I guess I, it's a reach for me uh, that this would be immersion breaking just because they do tend to focus a lot on handcrafting like the world and making it interesting and unique and the last thing I want to do is get into another MMO that everybody looks the same. Or there's only a mm -hmm. few like really nice looking sets. There's a lot of variety here. And I've said this before. I am, you know, I rarely buy cosmetics in games and I haven't, you know, and I, you know, played WoW mm -hmm. for almost 20 years. Um, and I, I hardly bought cosmetics there. I've been investing in cosmetics for Ashes of Creation because they're so detailed and unique. And I just, I feel like I'm never going to get bored having all those options. And knowing that that's also helping populate the world is even better, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely can feel that. So I, I am curious what other people think about. Now, there was, there was like another comment too which I thought was interesting, but we're going to actually hit on that one a little later. I just feel like that's a really good transition to actually talking about this, <laughs> this month's cosmetics because, well, there's a new set, right? Let me go ahead and skip back to the main one there. So there's our set right there. This one on the forums is called the tip of the spear, as I mentioned before. And I'm curious what people are thinking about this particular one. I missed out on doing my live stream where I get to kind of chat with the Ashes fam about, because um, I think they actually posted these after I did my stream earlier this week. Um, but they actually posted this. 
and the new cosmetics are out. And I was looking at them and I was like, this feels very Imperial. It feels very Imperial to me. And some of the, again, the actual descriptions. I mean, I saw a lot of mention around the Kalar that um, Phantom of Brata, which is the the actual uh, pet cosmetic skin, was actually pretty interesting. The Imperial Destrier, though, that that horse, I mean, that's that just gave me the Elder Scrolls Online vibes, honestly, with the Imperial horse. It, it totally vibed right, and I'm going to let these start cycling through for y'all. There was the Seventh Lancer, again, gave some more throwbacks to the Kalar military, some of the riders and their mounted combat, things like that. Um, the supply wagon, which was the caravan cosmetic, that was an interesting one. I, I'm like, you know, trying to get on what's going on there. Like it's it, that one, but the, the, the tower, the Kalar strategy honed over many centuries there by their alien forebearers prioritizes placement, construction, and maintenance of watchtowers. And it's a literal watchtower. All right. It's very cool. And what are your thoughts on this set so far? I mean, hit or miss, well, like it, love it. Um, I, I'm a fan of anything that um, can make humans look even like human, you know, type races look even better. And this is definitely one of them. I would say the only one that I have a little pause on, I'm not totally a fan of like the orangey like hair on the helmet. Mm -hmm. I actually would have, um, though I guess it probably would have been too many like wow vibes. I would have liked maybe something like more metal as a helmet. Um, and maybe it could be like painted or something, but, or at least having a, a different color there, like maybe a black or maybe a red to kind of tie in with the rest of the costume. But overall, I really like this. I like, like you said, the Imperial style. Um, I think the back piece is fantastic. I can't wait to see what that looks like um, as an actual like render. Um, this the detail on the shoulder pieces, the detail on the back piece, like specifically, it's almost like that water watermarky type of thing. It just it looks great. So I would say, you know, not like a hundred percent of this um am i like you know totally sold on but definitely the majority of it i like the horse and like the other cosmetic pieces and the mount looks really cool i would be interested to see like how that shapes up in in game if there's any bioluminescence from the uh from the tattoos on there because it just looks oh, yeah. pretty cool yeah like you know when we talk about it being the phantom and it's interesting that it's a uh it's a pet versus a mount um mm -hmm. which it looks more like a mount to me had they not had the horse i would have i would have my first instinct would have been that's a that's a mount um but that said i mean i kind of get hunter vibes mm -hmm. too from the pet and the um and the cosmetics with the spear as well so yeah interesting stuff um, so I'm going to actually sh share a few of the comments from chat as well, but I, yeah, I, it's interesting because that, that actual creature, the one that's the pet, the one that we mentioned, or I mentioned previously, and you just mentioned the phantom of the Brada, that one, I was like, there we go, man. Right. This is another creature you're going to probably see in the world. So here's the cool thing. Daedalus probably going to be something that gets tamed, probably going to be an animal husbandry creature, right? More than likely. Um, 
so yeah, some of the comments from chat, I just grabbed a handful of them, right? Arthas is like, you know, pretty cool looking, but not something my character would wear. It's very Imperial. Definitely is very Imperial. Um, here's the here's the age old question. We got a follow up. We got Magisto saying, um, what does the Freehold skin go on? Oh, that's the question we keep getting, isn't it? It's the repetitive question that we don't really have a very specific answer on yet. Um, and we don't quite know. And that... Again, that makes it difficult for a lot of people, including myself, sometimes to go, is, am I going to get it? You know, I kind of go, there's probably a few in this set that I'll get this time. It's been a while since I've actually picked any up. Um, but this one from Horrendous, right? He actually had posed a question. And Vagnar had actually shared the link where Margaret had answered the, the question that he had asked about that to identify buildings. Then he said, freehold systems interact with a lot of other systems. What are all these systems? That is the question, isn't it? Right. Where do these go now? An even multi-leveled or layered question is what systems do, do they interact with? Now, I think we could probably guess some of that's going to be artisan professions. So probably artisan system, right? That's going to be probably a big one. Um, probably. I mean, if you think about freehold taverns, there's, you know, certain who knows exactly how that's going to roll. But I'm like trade right crafting i can see that stuff we know that there's like they've talked about cooking they talked about like a fishery so i mean that sounds like the systems we're probably hitting on the question though is like what other systems could you also be hitting on that may not be included in what i just mentioned and therein lies the question doesn't it so very true I think we were talking about this actually yesterday in our guild meeting, right? Like what people prefer and mm -hmm. um, yeah. And Night Scream talked about like the farming aspect and like being like really into like building out a freehold. And so it'd be interesting again, like at some point they talked about like rotating crops being a thing you can do on the app. So just imagine like how all those different pieces interact. I mean, I think farming think we talked about fishing being a thing too that you could do on your freehold as well um so there's just i can understand the complexity there but it still like begs the question around like are we talking about like interaction with the node are we talking about like interaction with like the environment um whether mm -hmm. you know what's gonna really um what are these systems that they're looking to build out because i expect it's gonna be with all the layers they've started talking to us about, I'm expecting those are the kind of things and what you said or like what they're trying to make sure they make the right design choices. And I think they're um, much like a lot of what they're doing. I think they're workshopping a lot and then they're getting it to a point where they think, okay, this is ready for us to get feedback now, um, which I, I don't, I don't know that there's any, um, anything like, bad about them not sharing this now i sure, feel yeah. like their track record has been they're going to work so shop something for a while and then show it when they think it's ready for feedback um which again i mean i'm not too wrapped around the axle about this i know some people are more passionate about it but it is something that i think would be a good thing to know once they at least get like version one of whatever that mm -hmm. will look like in the system Definitely agree. I see my little brother Shazad in chat right there. What up, little broski? It's good to see my bro drop by from time to time. He's rocking a one of the heftiest 
badges that you're going to see on the channel. He's uh, he's up there and it looks like his badge is actually getting ready to crack open and something's going to be there. I wonder what you if you want to if you want a little bit of a teaser, you can look at my badge on chat, too, and you'll see that that might look like something people are stoked to see. I certainly am. I want the next transition, damn it. I, even I got to wait. I can't even set it. I got to wait for how many months I've actually got it, too. So we go out to 10 damn years. I'm I'm looking at these and I'm definitely digging them. Um, see, for me, I look at these and go, will I use this in the game? Like, will I at least on my main use this at some point, whether it's a seasonal thing, whether I'm RPing it, like whether whatever the case might be. Probably not the seventh Lancer, not my not my jam. Um, probably not the wagon for the caravan. The Sentinel of the Empire. I'm like looking at that tower, going, ah, I do like it. I do like that tower. Uh, I've got a couple other towers. I got like a Vec tower from back in the day. I don't know about that the Dagum uh, Field Marshal's command as a cloak or shoulders or whatever. I don't know, man. The pet, maybe the pet. I'm I'm a little torn. This is one of those months where I'm actually torn on what I might want. So we'll have to see. I'll go with my gut later. Probably the pet and the freehold cosmetic. Because I think I actually picked up a freehold skin back in the day. It was the Coliseum. It was like a Kalar-oriented Coliseum. And I'm like, you know... Those could go really good together, you know? So so there is that. There is that if I wanted to go a little more Imperial. So I might I might do that. We'll see what's up. But definitely curious what all of you all think about these, right? I, I definitely saw some different people with their different ideas. We shared some of those. Um, so, yeah, they're, I mean, going to be there probably till what was it, August uh, or September? What was it? I have to look at the deck. Yeah, the was it? September, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Roughly September 10th, September, 11th, somewhere. Yes, yeah, September 7th, it looks like. 7th, thank you, yeah. So, yeah. You know I'm going to be getting these because I my Army of Alts needs a wardrobe, so I need some options. Your Army of Alts is so true. Dude, I'm trying so hard not to have too many alts. Like, I just want my main, man. And people are like, what What are you going to go with? What race? What class? I'm like, I'm planning tank with the cleric second which is a daggum paladin right planning on tank but i don't know for sure i mean empyrean eh, probably but like i don't know man i don't know i'm i'm it's hard it's really difficult like i'll make alts but they're characters i will probably not play until like you know it'll probably be years before those things get leveled up okay because they're gonna take a long time to level up i'll probably at least you know, create them, maybe have alt nights around the community. We go running around doing things. It'd be, yeah. And so it'd be nice to have some of these things potentially for some of those characters. I picked up some that I know I'd use for like a Dunir or that I'd use for like a Vec or, you know, um, my rogue. I don't, you mean a dark overlord? Death Knight style, dark Knight. Uh, not dark overlord there's a and even if i play a rogue okay that doesn't mean dark overlord okay it just means uh recon <laughs> recon right yeah that's what that is exactly what that is exactly yeah 
So talking about classes, let's let's lean into some game and systems discussion. We kind of talked about the Intrepid post this past week and some of the stuff they've been sharing. We kind of chat over some community stuff. Let's chat over some of the game and system stuff we want to talk about for the week. Um, so here's one that I saw. And we're going to hit on this other point, too. I pulled one from the Ashes of Creation forums. Uh, Dark Shadow Lord, huh? What? In chat. Okay. How strong should the secondary archetype influence be on the primary? This is a great question. The, I, I was thinking about this. I saw some some people talking on forums. We were chatting. I'm looking at stuff and things coming up. Maybe this is all going to orient towards Nash's talk. But how significant and impactful should the secondary, like how much of an influence should the secondary have? Now, keep in mind, archetypes are the classes, right? When you look at like, what's your base class? They call it an archetype. Ashes of Creation calls a class the combination of said archetypes, right? Paladin, Hawkeye, Weapon Master, these are all the classes. The archetypes are only eight to start with, right? So when you augment, your, your, one of your first and biggest augmentations you're going to have in Ashes of Creation is going to be what your secondary aug or secondary archetype is going to be that's going to augment your primary to give you whatever your class is going to be you're going to play. You can change your secondary archetype that creates your class and therefore change to a different class, right? It'll be difficult to do, but you can do it in the game. But the question is, how much influence should the secondary archetype that you're augmenting your primary archetype actually give to bring you a class, right? So if I want to be a tank to start, and that's my primary archetype, and then I augment my secondary archetype as a cleric to give me the class of a paladin, how, how big of a difference, how big of an impact should that have on my primary tank archetype? That's the question. So what are your thoughts on that Daedalus? And Personally, I, I don't know how feasible this is from a design perspective, mm -hmm. but I'll throw it out there as like what I would love to see. I'd love two words, player agency, to be how much of an influence a secondary has. And that's by mm -hmm. like augmentation choices, um, you know, and, you know, skill choices, those are the kind of things because I know your base skills are going to come from the primary, right? But I think um, having an ability to really like turn that dial up and down if you really want to lean heavy into a secondary versus maybe being more like focus on what the mm -hmm. primary will do. Yeah, I'm I'm actually like would love to see something like that. Uh, Mostly because I think it introduces an ability for players to differentiate so that one, I don't know, fighter bard isn't the same as another fighter bard, right? It isn't like, you know, uh, what I would, you know, see in other games where it's like you have to augment a certain way and that's the only way you can really do it and and not really have a lot of play style choice is part of that um and so that would be my take on it is 
I think it should be a varying scale within reason. Uh, but I think it's still something that from a viability standpoint, players should be able to pick and choose like how deeply they go into an augmentation. Like, cause I would expect when they do have like class augmentations, there's going to be like different types that do different things and morph the skills in different ways. So I would expect if you, for example, I don't know, are a fighter bard, but you still want some ability to like impact your party at a distance or the other way around, if you want to be able to be stronger when your party is together in a melee situation, I just, I like that idea better um, than kind of just being locked into one versus the other play style. It's giving your character a chance to have more utility, more broad utility. Yeah, so keep your thoughts coming, everybody. I'm going to actually have been grabbing a few of the different uh, points in chat that people have made, and we're going to go through those in a little bit just to kind of see what some of the people who decided to chime in and chat uh, chose to share. But, you know, I think that inherently the fundamental, like, core uh, method should remain, right? So if the method is it's an intercept skill, right, that's that's what you're doing. Like, you still need to be an intercept skill, right? The method should still be the same. Like, you're going to close that gap. You're going to intercept. You're going to charge. It should still be a variation of charge. And I think a really good example Stephen gave that, for me, would align with what I would believe would be uh, keeping in, you know, true to this sort of, like, idea is, like, let's say you've got the i don't say warrior but i was gonna say fighter right the fighter has a charge ability right and literally they they run forward they charge forward and they deliver a blow to the target right and there's some sort of function to that delivery of the blow right in some games you get like a bit of a stun you get a rooting effect some sort of cc and if you were to augment using the archetype of a mage then now that charge might be more like I blink forward and when I hit you, you know, I've now hit you with some sort of a confined magic uh, stun, right? Or, or, or I, you know, some magic damage along with that like CC or something. So, and it might visually look different. I think actually, I think the visualization for the skill effects, the VFX essentially, I think that is actually a very important component to this because augmentation means that like, now what could have been a physical damage ability, for example, with the fighter, now could potentially have magic damage applied to it as well. Like there could be a whole lot of different things you could do with this, right? Could look different, could feel different, could do different types of damage, but inherently you're still you're still charging, you're still intercepting, right? You're still going forward, you're putting some sort of damage or CC on the target, and the magic, the damage could be more physical or it could be magic based, it could be uh, augmented by whatever that secondary is. So when I think of like a tank, right? Like in a tank, maybe I throw something, right? Now maybe you look at like the cleric has the the hammer throw, the ju the um, judgment throw, right? And it has a really cool like you know sort of like light bringer effect to it. Well, for a tank, like to sort of you know to to throw the weapon, right? The lob weapon ability. If I'm lobbing that weapon at him, like maybe now I take on the effects of a hammer but it has like more of like a light burst effect or something. And you find a way that you sort of take the two and, and you, you change it 
right? But it still functions similarly. Um, I think it would be cool, and I don't know how deep they're going to go with this for the augmentation system, but I think it would be cool if it if the benefits change and adjusted based on the rank as well, right? So you still had some augmented benefit based, based on rank one. Rank two is significantly different. Rank three is significantly different because they all, you know, each rank does something inherently different along the way. So I think that that would be really cool. Um, I mean, how, how else are you going to be feel like a paladin if the cleric got all the shiny, cool effects and like as a tank you still look like you're just doing physical damage like it wouldn't really vibe right. for me um so i feel like that vfx component is definitely a big one um as well as adding like cleric damage type to those abilities but here's one chat i'm gonna go ahead and hit on this one raz the mun said i hope not too much easier to balance and such it's a good point, right? Because even if I'm talking about ranks, if you've got too much going on per rank or even for every skill, you're also talking about a lot of developer work because the developer in-game is balancing all that sort of stuff. You still want every class and archetype to be viable, don't you? You don't want to be you don't want to be irrelevant later. Um, but said, you know, like giving pointers as a tank should be easy enough that a person can understand and take said advice. If it changes it too much, good luck training anyone. There's a learning curve to every MMORPG, right? Like for the people that play MMORPGs really well, you're probably going to have you got to do a little bit of work, right? But I do agree it still is important that you can make it intuitive so that if a person's reading it, reading the tooltip, reading over what the skill change is, like they can do the work and they can make sense of it, right? You don't want it to be ambiguous, um, which I don't expect from Intrepid, by the way, just putting that out there. Another thought from Skylark, and this is a good one too, for a ranger to add a rogue secondary, I'd hope the scout has some benefits to sneaking from the rogue. Agreed. I think, I think some stealthiness, to doing recon or scouting is definitely going to be key because scouts typically don't get caught. You don't want to get caught. So I think that would be important. Arthas had another comma here. How drastic would it change the skills is the more important question. And definitely would agree with that. So definitely chime in and share some of your thoughts. Now, here's an interesting segue into another topic, friends. That was off of the Ashes of Creation forums. And this was around utility magic skills. Feel free to piggyback and even talk about just utility skills in general. Related to augmentation, to primary or secondary archetype. Feel free to, to let your mind just kind of go boom if you like. But this was this was the, the question. What utility magic skills do you want to see? And they said they really love, this is Brujo, saying they really love magic in games, especially when the magic effects are quality of life, skills. RuneScape, Mabinoji come to mind. In RuneScape, you have Lunar Magic. I love to play on Lunar Magic, by the way. Or Blood Magic. Those are fun ones to, to tinker with. You don't see... We just don't see enough unique stuff and things like that when it comes to skill trees and games. So 
being able to utilize something like lunar magic to interact with farming skills. Whoa. We think about utility a lot, but we don't really think of that specifically relating to uh, artisanship, right? Mm -hmm. So if your crop dies, you can use magic to resurrect it with limits or magic to fertilize. That's an interesting idea. Um, there was one related to Mabinogi saying you could use alchemy to create localized rain, which would increase your life skills productivity. You also have the typical life skills such as cooking, fishing, carpentry, animal taming, etc., which interact in certain ways with your magic. What an interesting way to play on the freehold. If they, if you were to have some sort of like artisanship tie into utility skills, but you got to be careful with utility skills. Right, because the thing about utility skills or racial skills or things like that is if one class or archetype has something that fundamentally impacts something like a profession so drastically that it's kind of like makes everyone else a little feel a little trivial in comparison, that kind of sucks, doesn't it? Yeah, agreed. So I don't know. What are you what are your thoughts though? Some thoughts on utility skills. Um, one thing I just maybe wanted to make a comment on the, the prior conversation there too. And I think mm -hmm. you hit on it with like, there should be some like learning curve as part of it. I mean, and I, I think the more you homogenize and air quotes, like make it easier for people to, you know, you know, play the game, I guess. Um, and I don't mean like easy and like lack of quality of life or, you know, that part of it. But you need to have some level of complexity to the class progression. Otherwise, everybody's going to end up having the same template. And there isn't going to be that interest in experimentation. Um, so I just wanted to maybe make that comment. Um, but as far as like utility skills, I was thinking more like the class stuff they've already talked about. Um, specifically... I remember they talked about, you know, maybe mages having an ability to like reveal illusions or clerics able to cleanse like short, you know, small areas. And so I think they should be useful. I think um, they shouldn't, like you said, they should be balanced as well. I like I like the idea of like somehow harnessing the essence for crafting, all, you know, too. like maybe a short like crafting speed buff or something like that i think would be good um you know something you know to help with the freehold as well would be good also i think a couple of the what you mentioned um would be like i something that i would be a fan of too i just i like things that i think should have like multiple uses like your artisanship might give you something your class might give you something i think they had like in the past, they talked about like tanks having some sort of perception as well. Um, that's, I think, really cool. And again, it's it's part of the class fantasy. So the more they can tie these utility skills to class fantasy, you know, giving um, classes an ability to, you know, be unique and have it be like uh, another motivation for party leaders to have a more diverse party with different classes. It's like, hey, we're going into this dungeon. We need at least like one of each class or we you know, have to have you know, one of this particular class. So at least it gives other archetypes like a fighting chance in, in a group situation to be able to be a part of a group comp. So I, I think that would 
be something that I would think would be really good. And I think those are a few of the skills that I would like like to see. I think it's really tricky whenever whenever you start to like this person was saying, start to tie this into uh, some of your your artisans artisanship. Um, I definitely think it could be done, but I think it's tricky. And it's again, the thing is, too, right, is like how many tethers do you want to create to other systems? Right. And while it can be beneficial that you tie these things into other systems, it, the thing I always worry about when it comes to skills, combat skills specifically, is when they put so much detail into or too many mechanics into how that works. And then you've got 64 class combinations. And now you got like a lot of deep skills and or abilities, which, hey, look, that's great. More uniqueness is good, but I don't think it has to be com complex to have uh, that level of uniqueness. Sometimes you can keep it simple. Like there's a bread and butter level that works. And I, I'm not saying like, let's make it all easy peasy because look, there's different ranks. They all function well. Um, but you don't want too much that they're going to have to manage because uh, game developers always are having to balance the classes. And I go back to the worst thing that can happen is a class gets nerfed into the dirt or it gets tuned too hard and now it's like, uh, I like playing this, but it's irrelevant and nobody wants me. That's the worst thing, right? And you don't want that to impact like artisanship either. And, and it'd be like the same thing, especially considering how much you got to invest in pretty much everything in Ashes, which I'm down with the investment. But it's about respecting like time, right? Because mm -hmm. if someone's like, oh, I feel like I got to reroll. Ooh, are we in a bad way? Especially in a game that's been uh, more than a few games that I've had to do that because of sure. overtuning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, talking about utility magic skills, you can talk about even utility skills in general. Um, definitely want to get some feedback from people too. If you uh, if you have any ideas, be sure to form a conversation right over on ashes hq or even leaving a comment on youtube if you catch this later because or even if you just think of something later because uh, if you've got a really good discussion point it's a good chance we're going to probably highlight that here next week right um anyway really good uh really good comments in chat everybody and definitely appreciating those um here's a here's a good one this is going to be sort of where we go with the rest of our rest of our show right the spearhead for a reason man Knights of the Phoenix, that is the spearhead of this community, right? Those are the those are the homies that you see here probably the most regularly, right? My philosophy is I want to lead a guild of my friends first and foremost, right? That that's like what I want. And I think there are definitely some keys, some very vital keys and tricks to leading a guild or gaming community successfully. So 
Now, there's no right or wrong answer here. There's just what we all believe. Like, this is going to be based on our own values. It's going to be based on our own potentially ethics or morals or interests and ambitions, not only in a game, but in a community. Like, what is the purpose for why we are here, right? Why we are all gathered here. And so everyone, we might have different answers, and that's cool because we might have different reasons for wanting to be in a community. But my question, and Dayless, you can go in and jump in on this, and friends will highlight some of your thoughts in chat, but what do you believe are the vital keys to leading a guild or gaming community? What constitutes as effective leadership from a guild leader, member, or even community perspectives? Thoughts? Uh, establishing loot rules up front. Oh my God. How long was that brewing, dude? What? <laughs> I literally saw oh that question. I'm like, God. oh, I was like, oh if anyone saw me smiling God, while he was dude. doing that wind up, it was because of that. Actually. Oh, no. I was like, what's he brewing, man? What the F is he brewing, man? There it is. No, no, in, all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I think, I mean, the, the key thing for me with any guild leadership is respect in general right is you know that goes a long way in any community i mean i've been in my fair share of communities over the years mm -hmm. some that were you know great and unfortunately over time just dissipated as people moved on to other games and lost interest in the game and so on mm -hmm. and there have been some that have just been absolute toxicity incarnate and and there's definitely like um, a splintering that occurs much more easily when you don't have that level of respect for guild members um, or the guild leadership is very clicky. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen that happen. So I would definitely like, in my opinion, like respect inclusion. Um, but at the same, at the same time, right. I'm not thinking like full care bear without any, True. accountability which is the other thing is that leaders should hold themselves and should hold members accountable um and those would be kind of like you know my like my key things and what i think are vital keys I and mean, yes there's aspects of um you know gameplay and skill that might be involved but that's where again it comes into play where people are accountable for learning what they need to do, asking questions when they need to, and so on. So like it all ties in to me as like the pillars of a good community is, you know, respect um, and, and accountability. And I think those are like, I would say probably the biggest things for me. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of really great ones like connection, family, community. Definitely. I'm seeing a lot of about that. There's also, um, Raz here is talking about uniformity and respect, everyone working toward the same goals while being respectful when doing it. And this one from Arthas here is a good one because it's specific to the Daggum uh, leader. So if your leader or if you're a leader should be aware of what everyone's doing and keeping a watchful eye on what's going on in the guild. Definitely, I think at, at minimum having awareness. And my perspective is, well, that's a loaded question. Like, what are the vital keys to leading a guild? I think you definitely need to have a pretty good idea of like, you know, I, here's my thing, right? I, I've been in guilds where I've, I've led them and then, you know, they start to grow. 
via whatever method. And I don't really feel like I know the people and I, and I've come to realize that's a problem, right? Like to me, uh, it's vital for me as a leader to know the people in my guild. Like if I don't feel like I know them individually and, and have some level of like camaraderie or have built some sort of a relationship with them individually, to me, it doesn't vibe right. It, it doesn't, it doesn't feel authentic to what's important to me. And that is community. That's, that's like, you know, friendship. And, and it's not to be like Care Bear, but like, you know, I actually want to be friends with the people I play with. I've been in guilds. I've done top in uh, rating in, in, in the U S and stuff for world of Warcraft and stuff. And I've been in there and ran, ran and jumped around and, and, and experienced that experience of like, uh, you know, just being in there to do the content and get the loot. And then pretty much nobody really spends time together aside from that. Right. I mean, this is a good one from night scream, like communication, respect, enforce the rules fairly and helping where necessary. It's another good one. Yeah. And there's an, and that's a really good one too. And I like this one. There's um, being a leader is the art of motivating by showing the way. Arthas talking about I've disappeared in guilds because they got too big. And I would probably say, was it because of the size or was it because of the lack of connection at con connection as a result of the size? Because I definitely can can reflect and feel like the latter absolutely would would resonate with me. Right. Um Here's one from Raz in chat. Another big thing is as a guild, knowing what you are. Are you raiders? Are you PVPers? Do you just want to craft? If you don't have an actual vision, you will struggle more because people aren't on the same page. Tell a raider you, you don't raid. Are they going to stay? Nope. And this is the thing, right? Lack of connection. Coming back to that again, right? And, and that was the, the topic right there from Raz where he said, like, vision, and I would say as a leader, not ensuring that the people that are there adhere to that vision and maybe you as a leader, not ensuring that you keep yourself adhering to the vision because you want to please people or make sure that everything works in the way that everyone wants. Because the vision is important. Here's what the purpose is. And you got to stay true to that, right? I've been in a situation multiple times where I've allowed like the greater whole to kind of cause me to deviate as a leader from what the vision was. And that never bodes well. Um, you're right, though. Clickiness, I think clickiness is one of the worst things. And it's also so easy to happen. Right. Right. Um, so what do you all, and some of you answer this, but then what do you look for in a community or gaming, gaming community or otherwise, whether it's gaming, just a community. Um, obviously, we're talking Ashes, so we're thinking guilds here. And I'm going to kind of give you all a big a big thing on, on KOTP, Knights of the Phoenix. But I want to hear, what do you look for, Daedalus? What is it that you look for at this point in your life specifically um, in a community, a guild, et cetera? Well, I mean, I think you hit on it. Um, might have been the last podcast we did or may have been LFM. Um, might have been this one, actually. Uh, it's just like really just an ability to connect with people, have like a um kind of a camaraderie like hanging with the homies type of vibe i mean that's honestly my first like true guild experience in world of warcraft was just that is 
you ended up getting like a core group of people um, that founded the guild or at least were there from the, you know, from the start of it. And there was a, a lot of camaraderie, but then obviously, you know, some sometimes happens in guilds, right? Oh, there was a desire to progress. And that kind of became, as opposed to being that first piece of vision, it became now progression is a thing because we were running into like a brick wall of being able to progress because we didn't have enough people and so on and so forth. Right. And so the guild expanded and then you got away from that. So like personally, I think just the ability to like really grow organically, but also grow with like some level of everybody knows everybody in the guild, right? It isn't just like people just starting to get added over and over. And like, even if like we have people that have friends that are coming in, like really have like a way to onboard, I guess is the way I would look at it. People into the guild so that they do not feel like, feel like Arthas felt in his guild. Right. Right. As it got bigger, he got lost in the shuffle. And that's kind of the way I feel. It's like, even if you have somebody's, you know, friend coming in, how do you welcome them in, in the right way? How do you get them engaged in community things and so on? Um, so yeah, I would, uh, I would say, um, I would say that would be kind of my big thing is just making sure there's, there's some okay. type of like onboarding and community development. That's a core part of the, the guild. And that would be what I would be looking for most because content will come and go. But what has kept me playing games, even when I wasn't really interested as much in the content, is the people that I was playing with. So that would be me. So I just realized that you commented on there and it's a little late for that, but it's fine. We'll talk about it in the post show. Um, (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to go through and post some of the things that you all have been sharing in chat. And then I'm going to I'm going to kind of give you. But this is like. This is like slightly self-serving, but they're <laughs> I'm gonna add them anyway. It's not the it's not the purpose, but I I got specific shout-outs in these comments. I just think that what they're saying is actually I find important too, right? So uh this one right here from Night Scream was you'll find most guild leaders are also supervisors in real life. Interestingly enough, I really had a lot of autonomy in the military and i realized along the way i just i like to lead people i like to sort of lead the charge and just like hear people excited you know one of the things for me that i get the most fulfillment from as a leader right it's giving my best to help us as a whole to accomplish something and then seeing the joy in all of the people in the guild when it's completed, like seeing them super happy, seeing them super proud, seeing them like, you know, like seeing the relationships deepen and and seeing like how happy everyone is because of that accomplishment and knowing that like I could, I could steer that. Right. It still takes everybody all together. Right. But like I could, I could sort of like help lead that, you know, and, and get to look back and then just see as a result of like the camaraderie and like the achievement and like working together. Like there's nothing better than like organizing and like calling shots and people listen and they do it. Like they do it, they follow the instructions and then you hear them happy for their commitment, for their dedication, for your dedication. It's just such a good feeling, man. It's like one of the best things. Like, so 
Arthur said, that's why I love this group and love you as a leader. You're very aware. I do think it takes a certain level of awareness. And I agree. This group here, we're freaking awesome. I love the people here, man. The spearhead of this community has been here for a long time. And they do, from my perspective, focus on inclusivity from the team, not just the leader. Right? That the we are the sum of our parts, right? We're not the one at the at the top, right? Because it's not gonna be me that's gonna accomplish his goals, right? It's gonna be literally everybody else who chooses to follow and to do their part, right? To take the instructions. Like that takes commitment. It takes dedication. And it's not always easy to do that. Because sometimes you may not think that that's the best way to do it. Or you saw a video somewhere or this or that or whatever. But you you stay the course, man. You remain dedicated to each other. You honor the code, the structure, the leaders, each other. It's important. Sure, you can get there without all that. But I would argue that it feels, at least in my experience, a whole lot better when that's that's actually the way it wrote it goes. So Knight's group said you're approachable as a leader. Boy, I'm just tooting myself here, aren't I? I'm like, let me choose the comments that made me look good. Because <laughs> it made people think I'm not a dark overlord, because I'm not. That's right. You missed a few comments in there. You Did might want to check them I'm out. I'm looking. I, still, I, I grabbed a few before I started. You're approachable as a leader. You put forth a good vibe, positive charisma. I try. But I think that is an important piece to, to leadership. Um Meat hooks might have. Uh, did I did I miss it though, or was that the one you were looking for? It wasn't gone. I knew I'd get called out if I didn't include this. Meat hooks is calling everybody else out here, going, "Y'all try to get a piece of that loot." Wow, homie, just wow. There, there was there was another one you missed too. Oh, was there? I did miss it. Um, yeah, it's cool though. We'll we'll go with this one. This is a couple of people who aren't in KOTP. Knights of the Phoenix, right? Here's one from Horrendous. It helps to have specific people with roles who should go to the sister guild, who trains the warriors, who's in charge of making sure materials are collected for the weapon, armor, potion crafters, etc. Yeah, and it depends on like what kind of guild you got, right? Because like if you're a guild that's organized and you have specific cutouts for specific things, you definitely have to have the organization in place so that that you know, flows steadily. Raz, I think another thing for a leader, if a person is cancerous, you got to let them go even if they're good player friends threaten to leave. Otherwise, your group rots over time. Everyone's accountable for what they say and do. No one else. Ain't that the truth? I hear you on that one, man. I do think so. I think I think that's a very important thing. Like sometimes you got to make the tough calls. Sometimes that means you got to completely change things. And it means you're going to lose a lot. But you got to look, I think, at the greater whole. I think that's actually really important. Definitely. Now, which one is it that I that you're saying I'm missing? Huh? Oh my god. Yours? Is that the one you want me to include? Is it? Why don't we go to include? This is some dark stuff, y'all. This is a real dark overlord. We're going to flip that one back around, okay? Seeing the blood drain from their face as the loot disappears. What? Oh, my gosh. Let's clean, cleanse the... That's... Wow, Dayless. Do we need to cleanse the palette here? Maybe a little more blue in the back. With blood? 
in game obviously it doesn't mean real life because that's illegal don't do that that's murder in game you know or out so what does it mean to be a part of our guild right what's the guild philosophy here because y'all know i've led other guilds and i decided to completely re-roll this year because i wanted to lead a guild of people i knew people that were my friends people it made sense to have there because you see them you see them here. You see them in the Discord. You see us hanging in games. You see us chatting and interacting because that's important. And, well, this is a guild that is quite simple at this point, right? We, we Respectfulness is number one. You help people when you can. You be a part of it when possible. And you have fun. That's the, that's the basis of it all. And you're like, yeah, but what about the other big things? Well, you, you solve the problem later when you got to organize it, right? That's why having, having people who step up are willing to like take on, you know, responsibility. And there's been a couple people already that have. And so when the time comes, we'll do that. Will we recruit specifically for Ashes when Ashes gets to that place? Yes. But the core is more important to me because we can, we can recruit for roles we need later that are game specific if need be, right? But right now, it's more important that the core of this community grows and it's people that you know, it's people that you're, you're, you develop some relationship with. And you know what the cool thing was about yesterday? The people there, I said it too. I was like, you all probably notice when you look at the people here, you're not complete strangers. You've seen them somewhere. You've seen them in the Discord. You've interacted somewhere. You see them. That to me is fundamentally key for Knights of the Phoenix. And for me, because I've said this, and this is me ranting on my own thing here, but it's important because... And every guild's built different. And that doesn't mean like, because this is our philosophy, that that's the way. Because everyone has a different goal. But this is the vision of this community. And that is the way for this to work, right? And for me, I've said this before. When I go live, this is literally me hanging out with my friends. Like, outside of me being live on Twitch, doing the podcast and stuff, I don't really socialize a lot because I don't have time. I'm working on my book. I'm working on my IP, the master's core, right? That's right. I'm working on all that stuff. That's what I do in my free time. So when I get together for community nights or guild nights, which by the way, our, our fun stuff for guild nights, none of those were games. Did you know that? We wanted to do stuff literally that had to do with engaging each other. And if there was any way to for a fact say, this is solid evidence for me as a guild leader that the vision is blossoming exactly what I'd hoped from it. Those examples were because they all really were just, let's get together and do stuff that has us interacting and having fun together. And it wasn't even a game. None of these were actually games. It was just people having fun. So this to me was like fundamentally important. And for me, when I go live, that's when I get to hang out. So in the future, when Ashes is live and we're all playing together, yeah, we do community night like KOTP. KOTB literally is the spearhead of that night, right? We're going to lead the rest of the people in the community that might jump on board for a night. Because when I go live, that's when I've got time to hang. So I'm hanging with my homies. And this is one of the ways I can do it. It's it's a two for special, right? And that works for me. That's what organically is going to make sense for me. And that's what I'm looking forward to moving forward. And I got to say, if you all are interested in, just from a community perspective, not even KOTP, 
but open to that. If you want to play what some of us are playing, we've got a V Rising server. We've got an ARC server, and the fun thing about the ARC server is I've got naval stuff tied into that now, ship. So I'm trying I'm trying to give us a really nice cutout to where we can kind of enjoy things like animal husbandry, taming, crafting, you know, boss kills, naval content, deep sea content. We're, I'm trying to expand this into different things where we can really get a flair for some of the Asha systems while also just really enjoying like really good adventures. So if you're interested, you can join, right? You just hit me up on Discord and I will shoot you the deets, right? Easy as that. But Knights of the Phoenix were in there sort of like keeping that, keeping those domains alive and alive and rich with, with people hanging out and doing stuff together. So there it is. That's KOTP. The community is absolutely welcome to hang with us, right? You see us doing stuff. You're all welcome, right? If it feels like your vibe, cool. But it's always important that no matter what your own ambitions are for being in a guild, I think it's true what they're saying. What's the vision? Are the tenants, are the the structure of the guild, is the leader, is, is it all reflective of being organized so that you can fulfill that vision? Right? Do your due diligence. There's plenty of guilds out there, right? There are great guilds out there, right, that are super dedicated, hardcore, want to be the first world first, server first. There's people that are role players. There's people that are more social guilds. There's people that lie somewhere in the middle like we do. There's trade guilds. There's merc guilds. There's crafting guilds. There's naval guilds. There's all kinds of guilds. And Ashes is going to have tons of variety. So definitely look for what's going to actually fit you the best. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is funny. What? Why would you even think that? If you kill me in the world, I'm going to be sad. Some more killing the poor little dwarf Raz. Aw. But, but I like dwarves. I do. The only reason I look down on them is because of height, not because I actually look down on them in any negative way. Ask anybody. There's no dark intentions from my dwarven friends. I only look down because you're just not as tall as me, and I have to. Okay? <laughs> At least wave after you do. I promise you I will do a forward slash hug on your corpse if I kill you and don't realize it. I assure you. Okay. Any final thoughts on guild stuff, Daedalus, before we veer into the final topics here? No, I mean, I think there was an important question around um, out there oh. around like max membership, like what you're shooting for. I Ooh. think that might be um, at this time. Are you leaning towards max 300 members or mid 150 numbers? Yeah, I see that. So I, I think I think that I was actually talking about that yesterday in regard to our guild. Right. And for me, it's more important that we adhere to that core what our vision is like i want to know the people and you can in my opinion in my humble opinion i believe you can have a large guild and know all the people and you know why that's possible because there are actually people that drop by my dadgum stream and i'm like homie what's going on there's easily hundreds of people that i know by name from my own chat that i've built some kind of a relationship with so it, that is just one snapshot, 
right? In which you could, I can, I can, from my experience, say, I, I can feel like I have in a relationship with these individuals. It might take time to establish that. So I think you can grow a guild organically. And I've been in guilds where I've had a hundred plus people and I felt like I knew the individuals each pretty well. So I think it's possible, but for me, that's what's important, right? So as long as that is maintained, if it grows to being a hundred, 150, whatever, sure. I don't, I don't have an issue with that, but I think it's important people know each other and that that's a priority um, for me. Now that's not, to say that it's important for every guild because every guild's got their own vision, their own mission statement and all that. So it's going to be important that whichever, whatever guild you're part of, like that, that guild's vision is adhered to in order for it all to function. Right. And size, you know, for a guild, that's like, we want a conquest. We want to be sweaty tryhards and we want to, we want to sweep the floor with everybody. Um, that, that, that may not be important for them. What might be important for them is like activity accountability, meeting certain thresholds of like performance, et cetera. Um, and numbers could be one for them as well. So there's that. Cool. So finalizing topic. Now keep in mind at the end of the show, we do a Pathfinder post show. So feel free to stay tuned, but here's my final thoughts and questions. This relates specific to the Ashes Pathfinders podcast. You're probably going to notice this comment coming up, question coming up as well for the LFM show later this week. Yes, we're doing one this week. It's going to be a good time. If you want some nostalgia conversations, I it would encourage you to be here on Thursday because it's going to be nostalgic and, ooh, is it going to be fun? Because I've got some plans. It's a very different show coming up this week. But for this show, what have been some of your favorite discussions that we've had on the show so far things that we dig into that you notice that we hit on them and you really enjoy it whether you're a listener whether you're on the show so daedalus going ahead and brew your ideas of what some of our favorite discussions or parts of the show have been because i'm going to have you answer that before we wind this down and all of you in chat feel free as well to contribute on that maybe i'll show some of your comments to those people who are watching this later um yeah, as someone recently had pointed out like a desire to talk about more lore on the podcast and in Ashes HQ in general. And we're working towards that. But would the Pathfinder community like us to weekly maybe talk about some aspect or element of lore or even maybe monthly? And what are some of the aspects of this podcast that you specifically enjoy and want to see more of? So think about those things. Leave some of those comments on the YouTube videos. Please share, share, share. I might be hitting you with these questions coming up. But Dayless, what about you, man? What have been some of your favorite parts of this show over all the time that we've been doing it now? Gosh, I mean, I don't know. It's like that's like trying to have me like choose a favorite kid. <laughs> um, but I would say there's a couple that mm -hmm. come to mind. I think lore was one where we kind of get like really like you know, full nerd mode in the lore. And I think also the class discussions we had like really early on when it was the Simcast, I think has been like, I would say my favorite stuff. And um, honestly, like 
we'll do this anyway, but whenever there's like a new system and we're kind of nerding out on the new system or at least a new reveal of a new system. But my top is definitely like anytime we're talking about like classes and um, progression there and, and lore. Cool. That gives me some ideas. I, I definitely think that for me, and I see this one in, in chat as well, right here from, from Arthas Dawnbreaker. I love when y'all tell stories and lore. And I was thinking for me, it was actually when we, we hit on nostalgic moments. I think, I think it's a lot of fun, especially as this show's had some time now to actually like reflect on like past shows, things we talked about moments that were fun. Um, definitely lore discussions are really good. I think class discussions and things like augmentation or systems are fun as well. Um, I've enjoyed the times when we sort of like really curate shows around specific topics. Um, but I've, I've been, I've been tinkering with some ideas and I, I want to, I sort of want to really focus a, a little bit more on more direct community showcase around topics that are sort of shared, whether it's on our discord on the H ashes HQ forums, comments on YouTube. I've been, you probably noticed I've been organically kind of veering us that direction already where we've been like hitting on topics from like YouTube videos, grabbing like ashes HQ forum posts. Um, and, and today we kind of did that as well with like the comments and chat so you look forward to seeing those comments and chat being played regularly as we're going through and talking about things and actually pulling your comments as they relate to what we're talking about and making sure that we sort of share that and even potentially capitalize on it. Here's another one from, from TL saying, I like when you talk about info that's come out like in live streams and other posted info, which is good because we actually do, we like went and pull from Twitter sometimes, pull from like forums I do want to keep things more oriented towards like this community as a whole, because like I said, the pathfinders are the core of the show, right? So I definitely going to make sure that I maintain a foothold in that as well. Um, a great idea for the YouTube videos. I like that as well. Really cool. So really good, really good examples in chat. Now we're going to have the post show coming up. Friends, if you're watching this, do contribute. Let, let me know. Let us know. What have you really enjoyed over the years the most? What's been the most fun to watch? The most interesting thing that we've engaged in here? Um, we've gotten some topics in chat, right? Talking about, uh, you know, oh, right here, kind of pointing out stuff and points out relationships that many had not considered. Yeah, relationships to different different like tethers and tie-ins. I like to, I like the theory craft and I like to, I, I like to keep it uh, educated guesses, right? Not just pure speculation for the sake of it, but based on some, something like, like, for example, they breadcrumb. We see the breadcrumbs sort of drawing some correlations, seeing if we're right. Cause sometimes it's really fun, but it's going to be interesting because when the game goes live, the show is going to make another transformation. Cause we're not going to be talking about the game in development that we're waiting for, we're going to be talking about the game in its continuing development that we are currently enjoying. And there are a lot of systems and a lot of stories from servers and from our own communities and all that that we can really tie in here. 
Um, you know, for example, I expect that we're going to have really great journals on the Murder Bunny Chronicles. I think we're probably going to have some really great examples from Daedalus going dark side and always blaming it on me. I think we're probably going to have false narratives left and right about Ninja Loot, um, which, by the way, there was a comment this week on Twitter from Ashes of Creation where they noted something about ninjing loot. And only a couple people pinged me about it. There was a handful of people that pinged me, but they didn't publicly ping me. So I don't know if it's you all were just afraid to actually say something or if you were just being very considerate. So I'm just going to say for my part, I was being considerate because, you know, <laughs> I'll get my digs in on Sunday. So I already had my fill that week. So it felt a little redundant to do it on Twitter, too. Wow, Giga, really? It was just too obvious, didn't need to be said. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, I wasn't afraid. Yeah, Cheryl's one of the ones that called me out um on on there. And I was like, wow, well played though. It was it was well played. I have to admit it. Um that's the end of our show, friends. It was a hell of a time. We two-man champed this thing, didn't we? We might be doing it again next week. I'm going to say, if you like the Pathfinder podcast, you love the conversations, you think you'd like to share your thoughts, you don't have to be a creator or content creator or something to be on here. Just got to be someone who loves the community. You got a camera. You got a mic. You're going to be it's all right. You can come join us. You can be around the round table. I am hoping to find one to two more regular pathfinders to sort of carry the torch. To sort of carve this path along with us that we can rotate through. Um, we've got what? We've got Faisal, Pasha. We've got um, Half Tilt. Some of them have to take breaks. That's part of the nature of things. And then we got Daedalus and myself. We already got like five Pathfinders, and I'm looking to grow. You know what I want? I want to have 10 Pathfinders total by the time we get to the game's launch. And then we can literally rotate people for different conversations at different times and just keep changing it up. And, and just keep keep the Pathfinder torch lit. Keep us moving forward. And friends, couldn't do it without all of you. So, Daedalus, why don't we, before we uh, do the final shout-out here, why don't you shout-out your domains and where people can find you when you're not on this podcast? Sure, you can find me on Twitter, at The Ashen Herald, and on YouTube.com slash The Ashen Herald. Outstanding. And friends... Here's one last comment, and that was that was wholesome, man, from Nazook here. You guys are doing God's work. Keep it up, gentlemen. Love this show, and we love you all too, man. Much love to all of y'all. Seriously, remember, you don't have to be on this show to be a Pathfinder. Pathfinders are all of you that are a part of this journey. You're here in chat. You listen to it. You watch it on YouTube. You contribute to the conversation. You join in. You're a part of this journey with us. Much love to all of y'all. Much love to Intrepid Studios, friends. And until next week, live your best lives. Walk in the light and have a great night, friends. We'll see you again real soon. Good night, everybody. Thank you, everyone.